Right. Okay, here we go. Well, welcome those of you who are listening. This is episode 15, which means we have reached the end of our planned podcasts. No. <gasps> no. <laughs> now, it, as you grieve, um, we're gonna, we're gonna, um, I, I'm excited about where we're gonna bring into land today, and we may even release some bonus, maybe some Q and A or something like that off the back of this. But um, today we're gonna really bring into land. We've been going through this journey of exploring what is heaven, how can we hope in heaven, can we be sure of heaven, what's it gonna look like, and ultimately the question for our lives right now how do we live in the light of it um and today in in the final few episodes we've been kind of asking this question about um how do we get there and as we bring into land today we're kind of asking this question about um maybe as we go through things like this we end up with some anxieties about like oh, how is it actually going to work you know like <laughs> science it to me like how sorry can you tell that I'm not a scientist that I just used the verb science it to me and um, uh that how how's it all going to work and um and we also have questions about other people about the people who we've lost about the people who we really care about and um as we bring it into land we want to talk about some of those big questions that we have around this idea of heaven and uh to help us with that I am once again joined by Chris Hey, everybody. I can't believe we've made it to episode 15 and our listeners have made it to episode 15. Well done. If you've listened to all 14 episodes before this one and are here for the 15th, good job. There yeah, should be some awesome. sort of like star or something, shouldn't there? Some reward for that. Totally not patronising at all. No. <laughs> no, seriously, we are so thrilled that we've been able to do this journey together. It's been so much fun for us and we've got loads of highlights, but... um let's 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 dive in today shall we yeah so where are we going today becky so today we are headed to the book of one thessalonians so there's a one thessalonians and there's a two thessalonians in your bible and um this is also a letter written by paul so we talked about paul a lot in this uh in this podcast series and if you haven't already guessed it by now paul is a hugely influential guy in the new testament he wrote many of the letters that uh, make up part of our uh, Bibles today. And um, this letter, actually, um, historians think that this letter is the f the earliest letter we have from Paul um, and might, might date even to around the year 50 AD or 50 CE, which means this is within less than a decade. No, less, sorry, less than two decades after the events uh, around Jesus's life, death and resurrection. Um, and this represents the earliest kind of letter writing. And of course, we shouldn't think, well, why was there a big gap? Obviously, everything's being talked about up until this point. And this is, um, I was just saying before this podcast, 20 years is kind of that's when the Netflix documentary comes out. You know, it's when things have got to a point where some things need clarifying. And that's what's starting to happen here. Um, and I mean, and in terms of like history and, and things happening within uh, the, the um, lifetime of, of people, I mean, that, that's a very short period of time, particularly in the ancient world, uh, for um, stuff to start getting written down and things. So it's, it's one of the reasons why uh, I think that so much of what we read in the Bible, all of what we read in the Bible can, is so trustworthy, because so much of it was written so early on. 
in the in the in the um, uh, time after Jesus, and clearly already loads of stuff was happening. Um, so within a couple of decades of the life of Jesus, this kind of movement had exploded of Christianity. Churches were starting in places that were kind of uh, away from the kind of the center of events of the life of Jesus in Jerusalem, for example. So, I mean, again, this is all builds up for us, this kind of historical picture of Jesus being a real person. The skeptics would sometimes argue that, but really it's very difficult to argue against when you see the his historical picture being built. So the 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 date of this letter really uh, feeds into all of that for us, yes. I think. And they're going to address, Paul is going to address this really in, in, I guess, question that a lot of us would have. So he's writing to the Thessalonians to, to sort of help and encourage them, but to also answer some specific questions they've got. And one of the questions they've got is, well, what about when people die? What about the people that we know, um, the the family members, the people in our church community, that kind of stuff? What about the people we know who have died in the faith with faith in Jesus? What's happened to them? You know, we've heard this promise of Jesus that He's coming back. Uh, what's happened? What's happening in the meantime? And and I guess that's a kind of question that a lot of us would have, even if we wouldn't say we were Christians. You know, what happens to those people that we've lost? So within that context, then, uh, we're going to dig into these verses in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, yeah, verses so, 13 onwards. Yeah, so here's what Paul writes um, to the church in what is modern-day Thessaloniki, which you can still go and visit and has loads of history in it still, so it's a very interesting place to go visit. So... Um, 1 Thessalonians 4 verse 13 to 18 and as ever feel free to follow along or just listen along so here we go brothers and sisters Paul says we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope for we believe that Jesus died and rose again and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him According to the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Good stuff. Well, there are probably a couple of things that we should just unpack there before we get on to the talking about the key point there and the key point in these words. He says he talks about people who are he talks about sleep, sleep in death, people who have fallen asleep in him, which is just kind of a gentle way, I think, of saying people who have died. I don't think there's anything more to read into it than than that. Do you agree, or do you think there's a bit I, more? I think than that? It, it's not just that it's gentle; it's characteristic of early Christians that they began to talk about death as sleep, not death as death. And again, this should this is a a big signal to us that something had happened that meant that people who previously thought about death as final now thought about death as temporary. And again, these, this is one of the things that should make us really seriously look into the idea of a historical resurrection of Jesus, because this is what, this is the language that Paul and others began to use about death. 
But I think the other thing that's just really important for us, to, rather than a, a specific word, is the kind of style of the writing here or, or some of the things that Paul is saying. Because uh, there's some stuff, let's just be honest, that feels a little bit weird. You know, talking about those who are being left are going to be caught up in the in the clouds and, you know, all of that sort of um, language, trumpet calls and archangels and all that kind of stuff. So we need to understand there that, that Paul is referencing there uh, an Old Testament book uh, or what we have in our Old Testament now called Daniel, uh, which is a kind of a book of prophecy and the language that's used in prophecy. And again, we've talked about this before on the podcast in books like Daniel, maybe some of Revelation um, in the last book of the New Testament. is It's not a literal language. It's very pictorial. It's full of imagery, that kind of stuff. So when Paul is quoting that, we've just got to be really careful about how we deal with that, that we, we remember it's prophecy, it's imagery, it's that kind of stuff, not necessarily stuff that's literal that that we should be um uh, reading in that very literal kind of way so I, I, for me that that's really important when i'm reading these verses to remember that yeah there's an there's an overarching piece of context actually that's really helpful for us here and especially in understanding some of that perhaps stranger language that goes on at the end of the passage and that's that when Jesus was with his disciples he told them we've talked about this in previous episodes he told them he was coming back but he didn't specify when that would be um, and how they would know that that was coming. And so in the earliest days of people following Jesus, lots of people thought that was going to happen within perhaps their lifetime, that Jesus was talking about something that would be almost immediate. And so Paul is writing to a group of people who have begun to follow Jesus and have also begun to anticipate the day that Jesus will come back. And that's why they're so concerned that some people have died because they thought Jesus is going to come back and then we'll all be taken up to heaven together. And so the people who have died first, they're starting to think, oh, no, are they going to miss out or like what's going to happen to those people? Um, and, and that's why uh, Paul talks here about those who are sleeping in death. And then this this event where Jesus comes and uh, when there's this kind of it talks about being caught up together in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air together, those who have died and those who are still living when Jesus returns. Yes, yeah. So we talked about Jesus returning yesterday, didn't we, when we were talking about the passage from John, that promise of Jesus that he would come back. Um, Loads of, oftentimes, um, if you've been around the Christian world uh, a while, there's lots of speculation about when that might be, just as there was back in uh, Thessalonica, back in the day. Um, uh, When's that going to happen? How's that going to happen? What's the kind of way that's going to happen? And uh, again, I think it's important that we um, uh, just remember that that um, it's hard to imagine how that's going to be. And, and the, the people like Daniel and people like John Wright and Revelation, they're trying to imagine what that might be like uh, and use kind of pictorial language for that rather than a kind of, this is the methodology by which it's it's going to happen. But I think the fact that the people in Thessalonica who Paul is writing to were asking this, this question about what's going to happen to people who have died, I think uh, that, yes, they had a kind of a context to that about, well, what's, how does all that work with Jesus coming back and so on and so forth. But actually, I think the way Paul answers it 
is just really helpful for us when we have those questions. Our questions may or may not be prompted by the, well, how's Jesus coming back kind of thing, and when's that going to happen? But we all have questions about people who have died. You know, where are our loved ones? How's that worked? And all that kind of stuff. Um, and I think, so let's let's get into that what the point thing is. Well, that's the point of what Paul is trying to say here. And I think it's summed up in the first verse that you read. We don't want you to be uninformed about what's happening at death because we don't Paul says we don't want you to grieve like other people who have no hope so I think there's two really important things to say here and I've, I've said this a few times um, in my talk about this and I think in the podcast too he, he's not saying don't grieve and I think that's really important he's but he's saying there is a hope that can be found in grief and I think that's a really important thing which sets the point for what what is to come that yes, grief will still happen. Yes, we'll still be desperately sad when we lose people that we love. But there it can still be a hope in that. We don't want people saying, you know, through that grief process, still hold on to the hope, the hope that comes because Jesus died and rose again and has promised us that place in heaven. Yeah, and that that's then reinforced at the end with the fact that Paul closes that thought with, therefore encourage one another with these yeah, words exactly. so he's writing this because as you say he wants to um kind of lift people up in their grief and point them towards this hope and he wants them to be able to do that with one another and to speak those encouragements to one another as they grieve for those that they have lost i think um something i really love about this passage is that it it just looks like the thessalonians like so many of us even now are tripping over the kind of the how question like how is it going to work how you know i i often will find myself when i'm thinking about um some of the more mysterious things in our faith thinking about heaven thinking about jesus returning and i'm like well how how is that gonna how (laughs) how how, what age am i going to be and how how's that going to work with this person and how's that going to work with you know if this has happened to us in this life and like how's the physical resurrection going to work and all these how, how, hows, and, and they cause us to trip up and begin to falter in our faith that it will be good and that we will be together um, and that it will be sorted out by God. And I love that the Thessalonians have these questions and I love that Paul's response to those how questions is uh, a something where he's just trying to get them to fix their hope on the fact that they will be together again that it will be amazing and he wants them to encourage the encourage one another with the fact that they're going to be together again yeah and and i think we always got to remember in these conversations and questions about the how that jesus himself said to his followers it's not for you to know it's not for you to know the time or the place and, and, and so on. Um, and uh, I think that's really important. So if Jesus said, basically, don't worry about it, um, then I think that, that that's a really important message uh, for us when we get into all of that kind of speculation. Um, don't worry about it. Um, there's a much, much bigger thing to concern yourself with, uh, which is the the hope that's offered in Jesus. And again, I'm going to keep coming back to this um, looking back, looking forward thing that I've I've talked about so often on, on the podcast. Paul does it again. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again. So looking back to what we know for sure happened, that, that people have testified to, that, that 
you can still go and find people who saw and who met Jesus, for we believe that Jesus died and rose again, so therefore we believe that that his promise about what is to come and the resurrection of all Jesus followers that is to come is true. So that's where our, our hope uh, should be. So, um, yeah, again, it, this is not ungrounded hope. There is there is a real kind of basis for, for believing this stuff um, that Paul is sharing, that Jesus shared. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think as well... Um, and this isn't something that's explicit, explicitly being addressed here, but I think it's something that speaks into it and is worth us thinking about. All of us have questions about specific people who we have known and loved, and we want to know the answer to the question, are they in heaven? And especially if we have questions about their faith, and especially if we as we've talked about in this podcast, we've talked about that trusting in Jesus, relying on Jesus, only through Jesus can we get a place. Well, we don't get the place. Jesus gives us the place in heaven. And that can cause us to have big questions about people who um, perhaps had no interest in faith, things like that. And the thing that I find, um, you know, neither Chris nor I nor anybody can answer the question a question about somebody specific who we know and loved who is gone um especially because we don't know what happens in people's final moments mm -hmm. either we don't know what's gone on but what i'm reassured about through this passage it, and i what i think paul is trying to reassure the thessalonians about even though their question is slightly different is that when when we are raised when we are all together our anxieties about who's there mm. we we won't have anxieties about we will be pleased to be with one another and our anxieties about who is there will be comforted when we arrive does yeah. that make sense yeah it does and i think the other thing really important thing to say about that point is i i believe that a gracious and loving god gives as many opportunities as he can for people to make the choice because I, I absolutely believe there is a choice to be made because I think a gracious and loving God doesn't force somebody to do anything he offers it as a gift I was saying this in, in my talk uh, at the last part of this series this is offered as a gift from God it's up to us whether we accept it or not but I do think a gracious and loving God gives everybody as many opportunities as possible to receive that gift and that could even be in our last moments. Um, so, yeah, I, I I find that to be a comfort myself when I think about uh, people um, who who I may have lost, who are, I'm not sure, honestly, whether they uh, believe that Jesus was the way, the truth and the life, as we talked about yesterday. But I do think a gracious and loving God gives every opportunity for people to receive that gift. Um, so I find comfort in that. Yeah. yeah. So what difference is this going to make then to us? If if there's the point of what these verses are about, what's the difference? Mm, mm. I think it's the difference that we all desperately want, which is to know that goodbye isn't goodbye forever. Mm, mm. And that those we miss and those we have lost, we will see again. Yeah, I I, I, couldn't, I can't say too much more. I, it, for me, it's about it's about hope in grief. And hope in the questions of of loss. Um, uh, I yeah I 
I take that uh, verse, you know, we don't want you to grieve like everybody else uh, who have no hope. So have have hope. Um, so for me, that's uh, that's a key difference in, in all of that. Um, I'm going to quote again my favourite uh, on this subject, N.T. Wright. He says, there will be grief, of course, but there is also hope. There, there will come a day when God will put all wrongs to rights, when all grief will turn to joy. Jesus will be central to that day, which will end with the unveiling of God's new world. Uh, and I'm I'm with him <laughs> on that completely. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to try and put this in a tweet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. I think you should go first with the tweet. I think the tweet for today for me is our big anxieties about who will be in heaven will be comforted when we arrive. Great. Uh, here, here's my one, Becky. Uh, grieving is always painful, but the promise of heaven means we can grieve with hope, the hope of being reunited with people that we've lost. Yeah, yeah, wow. So that's a pretty good way to come into the end of our 15 days. What What's next? Uh, in all of this, do you think? I think it, this is this is the big what's next question now, isn't it? Because we've kind of done this building journey over these last 15 episodes. And I think the, the what's next is that we can go forwards with joy, with peace, with comfort, with hope that fear, death, anxiety have all lost their sting in the face of all these things and this the wealth of witnesses from the new testament from david in the old testament from jesus all of these people who can encourage us and build into us that we have a hope in heaven that that's what we can fix our eyes on and that we can live in the light of that and i love that that there's that habit you've been talking about the last couple of days which i think is such a good way to take this into our own lives going forwards of starting each day with being thankful for the grace of god that he has given me a life with him and a place in heaven and then committing myself to fix my eyes on that eternal destination and run in that direction with with everything I've got mm. what yeah. about for you Chris yeah it, very very similar stuff really um uh the the big picture what's next for me is is all about hope um, all about trying to live uh, in the light of that. I'm really going to take away this thing about um, uh, looking back to thank God for what uh, he's given in Jesus, which again is part of that habit we talked about, and looking forward to the promise of heaven and trying to live as best I can, as sacrificially as I can, all of that kind of stuff in between those kind of two two things, I guess, and in the light of of looking back to what has been done and looking forward to what is to come mm, yeah I just wonder as we round this off we've talked so much about God I just wonder maybe we could talk to God together as we finish this podcast and um that's what we call praying is talking with God talking to God um about these things and that might be something that's really familiar to you or it might be something you don't do very often or you've never done and um, we just hope that that helps you to begin to engage with maybe taking your first steps in speaking with God as well. Um, Chris, could you kind of lead us in yes, that? Yes, I'd love to. That would be great. Lord God, 
we thank you for these 15 days of just unpacking a little bit more about uh, what is to come. We thank you for Jesus, for his grace, that free gift that is offered to us. We thank you for his death and for his resurrection. God, we look forward to that day that is to come uh, when we will be reunited with our loved ones that we have lost, where there will be no more suffering, no more tears, no more pain. There will be perfect joy. We thank you for that day that is to come when heaven and earth will be reunited and we will be resurrected with Jesus. Help us, I pray, to live in the light of both of those things, the death and resurrection and the promise of heaven, and help us to uh, live with heaven in mind, with the hope that that can bring. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Chris. Hey, thank you, Becky. I've had an absolute blast over these 15 days. And thank you, everybody, for joining us. Really hope this has been helpful and will change your life. That's, that's what I think we uh, always uh, have wanted for this, this podcast, that we would all be transformed by knowing more about what awaits us in heaven one day. So that's our prayer for you, that this would have uh, changed your your life. Yeah, absolutely. And can I give a one final what's next? Yes. If there have been specific episodes or parts of this that have encouraged you and you feel able to share with somebody you know, and we've tried to make these accessible and easy for somebody to jump in with wherever they're starting from, then what if you were really brave and shared an episode with a friend and uh yeah who knows what conversation that could begin with them reach out love it awesome thank you guys for listening and uh we will be back soon with something new maybe yeah can't wait thanks everybody take care that's a wrap people <laughs> heaven baby <laughs>